Welcome to another episode of Mick and Ori's Classic Cars. I'm Mick. And I'm Ori. Ori, we're back on the bandwagon. Absolutely. Ferrari, finally in Le Mans. But honestly, growing up, all you heard about, if, if you're into car racing, I think I heard, I heard about Le Mans before More. I heard about Grand Prix as a kid. Yeah, likewise, I did too. Right, and Le Mans and Le Mans and Le Mans. And I was getting it confused with the American race, which is the one that goes around, what's that called? A NASCAR. A NASCAR. No, yeah, but yeah, what's On that? Indy. The Indy. Indy. The Indianapolis. Yeah. So I'd get Indianapolis 500 confused with Le Mans. And then Grand Prix, and it all got confusing. It's only until you get a little bit older and you try and work it all out. And then, you know, the success of, uh, of Ferrari at Le Mans and you get excited. But I didn't realise, Mick, until last week or when Ferrari won Le Mans, that they had never won another Le Mans after 1966 or 1964 from when Ford beat them. And that's the great movie that we watch, you know, Ford versus Ferrari. Which was a great movie. It certainly right? was. And that's when... I, I didn't really – did you know that? Did yeah, you know I that knew, Ferrari yes. – so had they competed? Had they not competed? No, they hadn't competed. I think in between they did have a, a ferrari back car in the 70s, I think, but that didn't actually do any good. So for them to come back – so that's why we're on the bandwagon now because we haven't, well, we haven't one talked ca- about Le Mans for ages. Well, obviously, you and I, we both follow all the sites of Ferrari and what new cars. And when I saw this new hypercar, I said, what is this? Fantastic. Oh, this is going to be our Le Mans car. Okay, so we are still competing in Le Mans. But I had no no understanding that we hadn't won one since 1964. So what is Le Mans? Well, Le Mans is the pinnacle of endurance racing. Right. So it started in 1923. That's why they call it the centenary. So, But yep. they've only run 91 because of the break in the war. By the way, great one to win. The 100-year anniversary. Perfect. And the first time back for Ferrari. And Rolex, as a major sponsor, actually released a special watch there for the go. 100th anniversary. And I'm a watch man, so that was exciting also. So in 1923, I think it was called something else, So, but that's when it started. It was an endurance race, and it was basically, I think, they called it a test bed for new cars. For production cars. Yeah. Well, they were prototypes or production or probably the early ones To become a production car, I'm saying. To become production cars, yeah. yeah. So that's where Enzo would test the engines out or the car manufacturers. Now, back back in the 20s, in the early days, how many manufacturers were really racing? Well, there was a few. So, okay. So it's... So because, because if you looked at this year's race, there were that many cars out on the track, that different many manufacturers. I was like, what is going on here? But then you told me there's different categories racing at the same time. Yeah, there's a few different categories. We won't go into the technical details because yeah. we don't know enough about it. No, true. But yeah, the hypercar is the pinnacle of the Le Mans, which is the ones that Ferrari in. But what are we talking about? Is there like 200 cars out there? Uh, actually, I don't know how many cars. Yeah, it just looks like there's so many cars out on the track at once. Yeah. That so hypercar is it. Hypercar is the main one, which is the the one that you know you've got to win. Well, the other ones you've got to win as well, but that is the main pinnacle of the Le Mans. So that is the fastest car you can you can have. It is limited. I think it's uh, it's under. I think you understand is about six hundred and seventy horsepower limited. Okay. So there is rules, of course, of what you can and can't do, just like in Formula One. So you're telling me the. Um 
We were talking about the Ferrari and we said how great it looked. And you said it's the engine. It's the V6 engine in the new 296 GDB. It is. It's the same engine. Naturally, it's been modified. But they've <laughs> used that for that and also the GTE cars or the um, the other product, well, the GT cars in the other category, yep. uh, which has been doing quite well. And these two, number 50 and 51 of Ferrari in the hypercar, they had lead-up races at Sebring and, and others, which is... But are they 24... They're not 24-hour no, races No, is it six hours of Sebring or... Anyway, don't quote me on that, but there's other endurance races. But what's... Because so, isn't the... Sorry to cut you off. No, isn't the Indianapolis 500, the other one that just go around the street, isn't that an endurance race also? Isn't that like... X amount of laps, like 500 laps that they, they have to do or something? They do a lot of laps. That's an endurance race. But you're only going around the oval. Okay. They do have some circuit racing in the Indy as well. Uh, maybe we should find out a bit more about the yeah. Indy and we can talk about the so, Indy. So, yeah, bit. so th- this is the longest endurance race. So this is the one where they used to start outside of the car, run across the track, jump in Correct. the car. That's Le Mans. That's Le Mans. Now, they do start across in that same formation, but they, but, they don't run to the cars and okay, that's so, quite dangerous. So are the engines running? Are the cars started? Like, are they idling? I, when well, they, the drivers are in the car, so yeah. I suspect they're all running. They're all idling and yeah. off you go. Yeah. So mayhem that first start. Yeah. Well, well, it is and it's there's a lot of cars, but they uh, it's amazing how many still finish the race. We're talking about the 2023, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you've seen the carnage and, you know, some of the footage, Then I mean, because with 24 hours, that's the other thing why I never really got into it because it's too long to watch it. Well, how do you watch it? And that, so how do they – so is it a driver every four-hour change? They is there have, two drivers per car? There's three. Three drivers per yeah. car. But right. I think they can vary that. I think the limit uh, – the minimum is two. But, again, don't quote me on the – on the rules, but uh, and there would be minimum and maximums that the drivers can drive. Yeah. Whereas in the old days, I think you know when you st- it started, and you know the days of the two fifty well, GTE and the LM, the Ferraris. I'm not sure you could have had just the one driver. I don't know. No, but impossible that one driver could drive twenty four hours. It is impossible. It, it's right. impossible. So they, oh, you remember seeing in the video, in the movies where they used to have a sleep and kept going through the night and things like that. Now, it's obviously timed. It's a timed event. That's Yes. So the two cars are combined times in your team, or is it individual cars? No, individual. So individual cars. So it's a winner like Formula One, whoever is the winner is the winner. Right. What amazed me about this particular race is that after 24 hours, we're talking about two minutes between the the winner and Toyota that's won it previously. Are there there like – X amount of pit stops you're allowed to make, or you just stop when you when you want and things like that. Well, you have to stop for fuel because there's not yep. enough fuel. So I'm not sure the regulations. So you can have as many fuel stops and tire changes, I suppose, as you like. Well, I suspect so in Le Mans, but I don't know. Yeah, we need to check that. Um, but even in saying that, because it's over 24 hours, you want to limit how many stops you have. Let's you face it, the stop's going to take time. Um, that's what I'm saying. When you look at 24 hours and it's two minutes it comes down to. That's ridiculous. It's it's a – well, actually, well, I wonder what they're doing a lap in. I'm not sure they're doing just over two minutes. No, it's a, it's a fair, fair – Fair lap. distance. So no, is it's it a five, fair, six, seven-minute lap? It's, um, I think it's a fair distance. I think it's something like seven uh, Ks. Wow. So it's it's on near the city of Le Mans in, yep. in France. How do you go and what – like you said, because th- you know what I loved about Le Mans or what I enjoyed? Starts in the day – Goes through the night, rain, storm, sunshine. Yep. Like you are getting four seasons in one day and night for it's phenomenal. 
They have to change to wets, change the intermediate, change You have to slicks. think of every little thing that may happen out on that track. And how did Ferrari get all that right? I mean, I even the second car. Because this car's new. This car's you know, new, really. That it amazes me that they, um, you know, they had the reliability, they had the the speed, um, well, and the endurance and the yep. drivers. Well, look, how fit did the drivers have to be? For not, look, and so you know, uh, Giovinazzi, the older Grand Prix driver who's now driving for Ferrari in the Le Mans car, won it, which is great to see, right? So his expertise. But we actually are lucky here in Australia that we know. Alamond's winner, and we've had a chat with him also. That's pretty but good, I think isn't it? Maybe we've actually taken for granted the achievement. Well, you know, oh, you won Lamont. Oh, great. Well, Vern's <laughs> yeah. actually been in the car so, with me once. Yeah, We're talking Ver- about Vern Schupen, yep. who won it back in the uh, second what? Australian to ever win one. Uh, when did he win it? What year did he win it? 1983, was it? 1983 uh, or 86, I think it is. 83, yeah, correct. Yep, 1983. Um, in the Rothmans Porsche. Uh, the nine five six, yeah, that's 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 amazing. You know, to have a local person who we see, who we see, quite, room, we see, on. we see often. Yeah, you know, we see often. He's a lovely gentleman. To understand what he's done, yeah, you won Le Mans, okay. And <laughs> and he, it's amazing how they can still drive. I mean, he's done historic racing recently too. Yep. I think you know, um, but it is amazing. You don't lose. It's like riding a bike, I suppose. Yeah. Now the reflexes and stuff, I suppose. You know, they would certainly uh, diminish over time. But you know, we haven't had many Australian drivers. Who else uh, was the Australian driver? We had only, uh, only two. The first one was in nineteen twenty-eight. Bernard Rubin uh, won in a Bentley Motors car. Bentley. Four and a half litre won it. Okay. Uh, we actually did have a, another one in 1993. We had Jeff Brabham win it. Oh, yes. Yeah. He that's won right. it so in the Peugeot. So, we, so we've had three. We've only had three. Three Australians. Jeff Brabham, yeah, in the Peugeot Talbot Sport. But what I couldn't believe, there's a guy that I'd never heard of because we you haven't really followed Le Mans until Ferrari got back in, is a guy that's won it how many times? Nine times? Nine times. Tom Christensen. Yeah, nine times winner. But if you look at me, he won it in 97, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, 4, 5. That's unbelievable. 8 and 13. But it's it's those, you know, there's not many races apart from Jackie X of the earlier days where he won it in 69, 75, 76. I reckon those races, with the technology of the cars back then, were harder races to win than today maybe. I don't know because I don't know the interest, but I just feel like that, that we've come a, so far with technology. So do you think, you actually think that it was harder to win back then than it is now? Well, I think the research and development that goes into a car now is way ahead of where it was. It was li- literally take it to the racetrack and that was your research and development that you were doing on the track, go back to the workshop, tinker it, you're racing on Sunday. Yeah, in the early days I think that's what I, it was and that's what they talk well, about. Well, these you guys know. are much really working on cars that are going to come out in five, six years' time, right? I wouldn't be surprised. The new hypercar, they've already two or three versions ahead of where they of what won Le Mans today. Yeah, because this filters through two road cars, is, there's no doubt. And then same with Formula One. So, And that's what they use. These are test beds, again, the same sort of thing. You know. uh, but the other thing is the looks of this these two Ferraris. Oh. I mean, I don't know what it is, but, you know, even when you watch the pit stop, you watch the pit stop – all the crews in their red gear, the the colour coordination, 
Oh, yeah, I, but I they look at the cars. It's, it's just unbelievable. And the access, the, all the air vents that allow air to, because you can imagine these cars are getting hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter as it goes on. You know, I saw one documentary or one uh, photo of the inside of the engine. It's all gold and gold to reflect the heat. So the inside, the driver keeps a little bit cooler. It's just phenomenal. The, the little things that are happening in that car. And if you see it at the end, so that car was brand new, right? Let's Brandy. just say it had been tested, the whole livery, the paint job looks – have a look at the car if you can go on Instagram or YouTube or um, the net and just Google the Le Mans winning car from Ferrari and have a look at how much wear and tear has happened in 24 hours racing. Yeah, so it's not you anymore. It, it's just been – you know, it's just phenomenal, right? But in saying that, that's just all uh, Road rash. And, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, they just change those panels. It's no big deal. I mean, I wonder what how gruelling it is on the chassis and the engine, uh, but – but look, it is you know the other thing as well with uh, Le Mans, particularly this car. I think this is the first time there was a NASCAR in there. So yeah, so like you said, they must be so by itself. Or was it competing? By itself. So no, no, it was. So in, it won its category. No, it didn't. No, <laughs> How if it's running just? By no, itself. no, it's not by itself. It's <laughs> oh, in okay. one of the categories. I don't think it. No, it didn't win its category, but it was super quick. And they made it handle. So um, that was a story in itself. I mean, if you look on, the, again, YouTube videos, there's a fair bit on the NASCAR because uh, we had the ex-Formula 1 driver driving that as well. Okay. So uh, that, that was good. So as a, as a driver, really, you know, we say our oh, Formula 1 drivers, you know, their careers don't last forever, obviously. But I suppose if you don't quite make it to the pinnacle of Formula 1 and stay there for a long time, you do go drive these other other categories, like, you know, I think for Le Mans, for uh, Giovinazzi winning Le Mans, it's huge. It that is, is huge. a huge Well, Mark Webber went and raced Le Mans, if you remember, when he flipped that car back ages ago. So after he finished his Formula One career, he did go and race... To uh, Le Mans. He raced Le Mans. Now, I don't know whether overall for the person themselves or the driver themselves, whether it's more gruelling or less gruelling than Formula One. I don't know that. It, you would think it'd be more gruelling, but why after not being able to compete at Formula One do you go and race Le Mans? Well, I think this is a more comfortable car to drive than a Formula One. Because remember, Formula One, you're laying down, it's quite narrow where your legs are and things like You would have thought that you couldn't drive a Formula One car for, for 24 hours. No, possibly not. I think the, so, these cars, because you said like they're almost road, you know, Road legal, or the, you know, the basis of the seat positioning and things like that. It's a bigger car. It's more like a road car, basically. It seems like it's more drivable. That's right. You know, and I suppose in the other categories. So I don't is, know if it's as grueling is what I'm trying to yeah, say yeah, as I'm Formula getting, One. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure either, but I suspect it's probably not. But you know, but then other, again, others will correct us. Yeah, yeah correct. Certainly. But then again, it's like rally cars, like that. Uh, you know, the Dakar Rally, the dirt. Rally cars that those guys drive. Now, they're just normal cars, let's just say. Okay, they worked up and different suspensions and all that. But I'm saying the seating position, but I'd say that's gruelling. You'd say that's more gruelling than As a Oh, have you seen some of those? Yeah, rally- no, it's ridiculous. The I think rallies- the concentration and the level of, my God, my God. When you see those narrow, with the crowds either side, the cliffs either side, and they, that's just sliding on dirt and rocks and... For me, that's gruelling. No, not only gruelling, that's just another level because even with Le Mans, let's take the circuit of Le Mans. Yep. Whatever it is, they know the corners. 
They yeah. know what's coming up, apart from, you know, when you have to pass a slower car and, you know, the hypercar's coming up with a GT car, you know, the the different the point of difference in terms of speed is phenomenal. But they know every corner. Okay, might be wet, might be dry or whatever. But in a rally, like you're saying, you've gone past that corner. The next corner's completely different. That's right. It's not a circuit. It's a, a, a track. It's a track. Right. And there's dirt and there's oh look oh, look so, so I, that, I think that's grueling. I take my hat off to the rally drivers, but any of these drivers, you know, you're talking about Formula One, uh, Le Mans uh, rallies, the fitness of these guys, I would suspect. Again, you know, would be corrected, but I would suspect that these would be the fittest sports people. Yeah, well, exactly. That's another good point. How do you even train for a Le Mans? Well, I have seen. Do you Some, just go out and drive for twenty four hours I, to try? How do you how do you train? Yeah. Like Sebring, like you said, is six hours. Okay, so we we do a Sebring. Yeah, but, but again, you do do driver changes. But with personal training for stuff like that, oh. you've seen in Formula One and Le Mans how they warm up. So yeah. they do exercises in terms of reaction time. So yeah. catching a tennis yeah, ball, yeah, yeah, a absolutely. little ball. There's all sorts of things. Well, I remember, you, I don't know if you ever watched a documentary on Mark Webber, who you mentioned before, Yep, and what he did off-season to keep fit and the endurance stuff and the extreme sport that he was doing to keep his senses alert and his reactions and unbelievable, unbelievable, yep. just to stay fit. That's correct. I remember because it came up in conversation on the weekend with my uh, cousin Carmen that because he helped me when I was doing – just normal, uh, what do you call it, go-kart racing. Yeah. Now, with that go-kart racing, we'd do eight laps of Malala, which is, you know, one point, one minute 20, yep. you know, in terms of going around the laps. But after It's a that, race. Yeah, it's a race. After about the fourth lap, I was getting tired, so my lap times were coming down simply because I wasn't fit enough. Yeah. Simply and, – and – you look at the Formula One drivers and sometimes, like I, man, I could be wrong here, so uh, excuse me, Daniel, in advance, Rick, uh, Ricciardo there, mm. when he was racing Formula One, to me it seemed like he was probably either mentally not quite there in terms of the pinnacle where he should be or the fitness level because he would be dropping off. So you reckon that's why? Well, I don't know, but, you know, I know for myself if you're not fit enough, then you are going to drop off. It's no different than sport. We know that in sport. You've got the teams yep. that are fit. The last 10 minutes of a fit team is going to overrun the other team, yeah, even if the other team's a better team. I'm going to throw something else out to you. you we mentioned Formula, uh, Formula 1, and we love Formula 1. Imagine a Formula 1 race where there's V8 supercars on the track also and hypercars on the track. Because this is what Le Mans is. Well, that is crazy, isn't it? So I don't think, you know, we said attention to Dino and these, and these drivers getting tired. No, number one, they've, they've got a car that goes at one speed. They're overtaking cars in different categories on the same track at the same time, doing different sorts of speeds. But that would be at night coming up. You know in the saying? wet. In the wet. That's phenomenal. That's what I love about Le Mans. It's, it is the majority, the pinnacle. It is the pinnacle. And... It was on this in the 2023. There were accidents where the hypercar were passing a GT car and they, they hit them. Yeah, exactly right. You know? So, you know, I, I don't know if that's fair, to be honest. It should be there's a Le Mans for this category, this category, this category. That's what I would like to see. 
I suppose, but that makes well, it no, too easy for the drivers. I actually <laughs> like I like it with the different Mayhem. categories. No, it's better with different categories in the same group, you know, because even if you're starting out and you're trying to get up there, you're in with the rest of the Le Mans crew. And the other thing is, you know, we talked about passing. When there was an incident, they'd have a, a slow spot. So you'd have to slow down to certain, you know, like the yellow flag or whatever. Yeah. They'd have an area where you would have to slow down to certain kilometres because there was an incident. And a couple of times, people don't see it and they, they hit, hit another it. car because of they, the other car was slowing down and Ma- you weren't. Can you imagine, number one, the size of the pits at Le Mans. And I wonder if all the pits are in the same area. Like, are all the hypercar pits next to the I GT3? Look, I wonder I if there's different pits set up around the track. Just to, because no, I think the, those I think pits the, are mayhem. Yeah, I think the pits are in the same spot because they all got to come in and out of the same spot. Me, there's a lot of cars, a lot of cars. It's safe to say we're back on Le Mans. Yeah, we're, we're now back on back Le Mans. On Le Mans, long as Ferrari keeps staying there, hundred uh, percent. This Ferrari four nine nine P, what a car! It looks great, and it's interesting because uh, if you look at the Le Mans winners, uh, well, you the know, last Porsche, five years prior to this year was Toyota. Toyota, and it's interesting that. You know, because uh, I think someone else uh, came out, was it Mercedes? Anyway, someone else, uh, for Toyota to have won, I think someone else dropped out back uh, back then. But, you know, you got the main marks. you got Porsche, you got... Uh, Audi. Uh, oh, Porsche dropped out. So I don't think Porsche was running this one. Yes, they were. Oh, were they? Yeah, yeah. yeah Peugeot was running? Yeah. They, they Maybe were Audi like, dropped like, out. Yeah, Audi were running... running uh, Peugeot, Bentley, BMW is one of the... I mean, it's, look, I'm back on Le Mans. Yeah, that... <laughs> So am I, and uh, look, I reckon I, I can't wait till next year's Le Mans. But the other thing that I'm going to be more interested in now is the support, or I'll, I won't call them support races, the preamble to the Le Mans, which is Sebring and the other endurance races. Yes, yeah, yeah. All right, because Ferrari raced in a couple of them before, and there wasn't much, you know, we didn't really hear much or, or whatever. But certainly for an endurance race, it's, it's certainly the pinnacle. Look, to th- from 1964, Mick, it's been a long wait. Hasn't it? Right. 60, 60 odd years. But apart from that, they do it with the first factory, factory based uh, hypercar. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, you know what? The funny thing is, the no- so the North American racing team actually won it in 65 yeah, with the Ferrari with the- 250 LM. And then? And then the Ford started. That's for Ford versus Ferrari. But back then, I'm not sure the rules back then, but, I mean, Ferrari ran with the uh, with a 3.5 litre and Ford just kept getting bigger and bigger. They had seven litre cars. Yeah. Now, great time, Mick. Great time. Anyway, well, these aren't classics. They, but, well, uh, no, those early Le Mans well, cars. The early but ones. These, these current Le Mans ones will definitely be classics. And I really, you know, if you have a look, why – you know Ferrari. Everyone knows about the 250 GT and the uh, GTO and 250 LM. It's really because of Le Mans. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely because of Le Mans, and same with the Ford uh, GT. It's because of Le Mans. No, anyway, fantastic. Ari, look, uh, we're certainly uh, we're refreshed now. We're, we're, we're back fans. on the bandwagon with Ferrari at uh, at Le Mans. So we're going to leave it there. And you can catch us on YouTube uh, and also Mick and Ori at gmail.com and, of course, on our uh, on our Instagram. So if your car's not a classic, it will be one day. Thank you. Thanks, guys.